Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Give us a quick update. Um, we don't have to go over all the, for the listeners, by the way, uh, Andrew was on the show before and he gave a, a lot of good personal stuff about his early career and meeting his wife and moving from New York and turning from the executive in New York to the hippie in Boulder. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, that's such a great story though. You know, um, love the fact that you came out to Colorado and you guys just, you know, you, you created a different life for yourself and your children, which was awesome. You still, you still love it? Yeah, I could never go back. I mean, it's fun to visit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even since a little a little kid, I always wanted to live out west, especially in Boulder. So it's just following your passion a little bit so, and where that I... would take you. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, I am I am a, what I call a mountain state guy the rest of my life. I, I told my wife, I said, look, I, you know, no matter what we do, I'm a mountain state person. I, you know, I, I just got to be around it. I, I we go back home to see Oklahoma or see family in Oklahoma and Missouri. And I'm just thinking, OK, yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice to see family, but I'm never living here. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, it'd be fun you, to see, you know, even because property values have increased a lot, certainly around here. And yes. the question is, where would you move to in, in something, you know, we're empty nesters pretty much. So it's nowhere really I want to move. So, you know, you hang Bingo. in. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. I hear that all the time. I'll have friends be like, well, we're thinking about cashing out because our house is worth three times value. And we'll, you know, then we're going to take that money and go buy a place. I'm like, well, Okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, are you going to do that in a small town in Oklahoma? Like, is that really what you want to do? I mean, you really want to live there? <laughs> uh, you know, because I do that, right? I go back to Oklahoma and I'll see my parents and I'll see a little, I'll see like a 20 acre farm, you know, with a nice house on it for like 170, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, but I don't want to wake up here every day, you know? So anyway, uh, have you had a chance to get, have you had a chance? I know you're an active guy. I mean, uh, because you're so busy, did you have a chance this summer to do some hiking and biking and mountain stuff? Did you get out? Not as much as I, I would have uh, liked to, honestly, because uh, we've been really busy. Um, I was lucky enough in the spring to, you know, go to Europe and spend some time in Europe, which is always really awesome. Okay. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, right now for us, it's growth phase and, in you know, many ways it's startup mentality. So, um, you just, you know, struggle through it as much as it's really important for mental health, but, um, you know, we're trying to build it as, you know, properly and quickly as we can to, you know, get to the next level. How many stores now open? 38 open. 38 open and how many uh, in, in motion or in process or whatever term you're using? A there? lot. A lot of these. So probably roughly around 15 to 20 signed leases being okay. built out. We we're going to have, we had a lot of delays, especially a lot of stores to open in Florida. 
and Florida, the construction has been very challenging in general contracts. Every permitting has been delays in a lot of places. So it's been pushing everything out. But um, we have a lot of stores in the pipeline uh, to open up uh, a lot. And okay. especially exciting stuff, especially in Colorado. We have a big focus going on in Colorado. So we well, we have a lot of stores going to be opening in the Colorado, in the Colorado region um by first quarter of next year some even you know opening sooner so we have a number of stores opening in denver colorado springs erie um and uh, uh possibly frederick old town arvada and those areas the okay. real focus on growing rush within the state of colorado which is so exciting that it can bring great. this more and more stores home um, how about a little bit further north up near Loveland and uh, Johnstown and all that? It's crazy up here, man. I, I the every bridge is under construction, every road's being expanded. I mean, it's uh, unbelievable. All those locations, a lot of the ones I'm talking about are actually in process. Okay. So that that's really getting those stores open. Our next store to open, I think, will be on Blake Street in Denver, uh, okay. and then uh, there's a store being open on Larimer, Colorado Springs. All these um, uh, stores are, you know, being built out at different times right now um, okay. to open this year or early next. And on the 38th that are open, uh, any of those corporate stores or all of those are franchisees? Uh, two corporate. Two corporate stores. The okay. original Hill store is a corporate store. All and right. then my original partner is a corporate store uh, in Denver. Okay. Do you want do you want to do any more corporate stores or you're that's you, that's not the plan? I think it depends on the circumstance. Um, we're just definitely open to it. Okay. Um, I think it's it's a different process to run it um, than franchise it. And when you're building a franchise model and supporting all the franchisees, I think it can distract. It, it's helpful, but it can distract. So you just have to make sure you have the right team in place to run all the stores um, and that the priority is the franchisees and then the priority is is your your store. So um, our, our partners, I would say, uh, better than the word franchisees because they're, they're partners. Um, they're so, partners, okay. Yeah, so, you know, I would say, yes, I think there's a big opportunity for us, okay. uh, but it would have to be, you know, a certain situation that we want to, want to do it so. okay okay and out of the 38 uh do you have uh, two or three franchisee uh, franchisees that uh, own a bunch is there like yeah a we have a number of them that own a bunch you know, a number of them are growing i wouldn't say it's two to three either it's more than that uh i don't remember off the top of my head but okay. um numerous are opening and that makes the whole process a lot easier so yes um yes. You know, and certainly we're doing a push in the Minnesota area too. Um, okay. We opened a store in uh, Minnetonka area, opening another in that area also um, in October and November. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're Is opening it, a uh, lot of stores uh, from existing franchisees and some from new. So, okay. All right. Can you remind me on the model? Is it, is it pretty traditional? It's a it's a it's a buy in amount and then and then a yeah. percentage and then a percentage off revenue is a pretty traditional right. how much can you uh, share there? It's traditional, not traditional in certain ways that's beneficial to the franchisees slash partners. 
right? Okay. So okay. it's a tradition, traditional model that there's a franchise fee that you pay up front, and then there's a royalty yep. that you pay. And then yep. there's a marketing fund contribution that you do, but that's only spent for the franchisees okay. in their markets. It's not something we usurp funds from. Um, it's to support the marketing uh, of their stores. Uh, what we do different than most companies that are in this space is we don't take any money from food or from uh, equipment. So usually a lot of franchises, you have to buy the food from the actual franchisee, right. a franchisor, sorry, yeah, right. or buy the equipment from the franchisor, or there's a rebate back to the uh -huh. franchisor. Right. Matter of fact, there's famous thing that was a uh, Quiznos made more money, supposedly made more money on, uh -huh. I see. on food fees on making on food than they did even on royalties. Okay. But our model is really, and I own the company hundred percent. So I'm not under the gun to have report a certain profitability, A, B, and C. I don't report to anyone. Right. And ultimately I think the success of a franchise system, especially is not, killing everyone with fees every little thing so we don't make money on any food or equipment and any rebate that may be involved goes directly back to the franchisee can they order food from wherever they want or you're you're you're, you're still guiding well well we have national distribution okay and there's a certain quality guideline right that has to okay. meet our specs but certainly if there's a better price from excuse me a different supplier i see um, we're always open to hear it and, and approve it. And that happens. So it's okay. not like it doesn't happen. It does okay. happen in certain situations. And, you know, uh, fortuitously, uh, you know, maybe it's better for everybody. You, you, you don't know. Uh, but right. it's, again, not a revenue source from us in any which way. And we say that in writing, which is, okay. again, very, very rare. You do have to approve the vendor, though, if they want to yes. use a new vendor. I see. Yes, I see. we have to approve the vendor, but it's not like withheld. You know, we just have to make sure the specs match and the product is as good quality. It, um, how about this question? You know, I've heard so many things about uh, what it's like to own a food franchise. Um You know, so often, you know, let's use Subway, for example. And maybe mm -hmm. that's a bad example, but. You know, I always heard like, well, you got to own two or three of them before you can really, you know, start making money and not have to work it yourself. Like if you're not going to be the manager of the location uh, and you're paying three managers, you need to own two or three of them before it really starts to starts to bring you income. Um, can you speak to that? I mean, is, is, is one worth it? Do you need two or three? I think it depends on certainly you need generally to live off of depending on where and everything else. You'll need a few stores. Okay. You know, two, three, one, okay. you know, you're not probably living off of just one store. It depends on if you yeah. have a manager there, if you're working the store, right. where it is, there's a, yeah. a ton of variabilities on it, but yeah. ultimately it's more of, and your investments a lot less too, right? So your investment's not that great. Um, but the general, you know, obviously, aside from the huge tax advantages of owning your own business yes uh, you would you would you know certainly encourage people to own a few of them um, okay okay especially, and yeah especially if they don't want to work it if they want it to be uh let's call it passive income then they need right. to, they need to have, okay 
that that's kind of what I figured. Um, One thing that's also really good about our business model, and this is really crucial in what's going on today. Um, and, and some of the struggles, you know, food is tough. I think there's a big strategic advantage for us in food right now. Um, it's like buying the market low and, 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 you know, and growing with it opposed to buying on top, uh, in, in referring to the stock market, but you know, we're low labor count. So it's two people, generally speaking, most of the time, possibly three when you're really busy. And even you can open with one person, you know, you don't need a ton of people. Right. Um, so a lot of the struggles that people have um, are mitigated. Also, operationally, you don't really need a so-called manager managing the inventories and this. And this takes a couple of hours each week, but it's not a full time dedicated manager to running uh, a store really what your your team members or whoever you may designate as a manager is working the store it's not yep. hey i'm sitting at a desk in the back yeah um, right which i think is a very different business model if you compare it to a mcdonald's i'm just throwing names here so or yep. burger king and some of these other or legacy brands that are struggling right now like say a hardy's or some of these older brands um they have 10, 15 employees, you know, working at any one time. It's a huge structure there. And yes. with employee costs going way up and PM, sometimes it's hard to find good people. Yes. And no one wants to be, yeah, no one wants to be in the back of the house flipping burgers. Right. And, and I'm picking on burgers, but it could be a lot of things. In Rush Bowls, you're a bartender serving healthy food. So you're front facing. Uh, so we're lucky enough to get lower labor count, but also front facing employees. So I like that. I like that. Um, the uh, you don't have to have uh, ovens, ovens and all that like a regular restaurant. No roof so the, penetration. So the, so the build up, the, the build out cost is a lot less than, than a normal restaurant location. Right. And very modular. So meaning you can get into any type of space. We always went into very small spaces, relatively speaking, a thousand square feet or less. Yes. Now more and more companies are realizing, hey, you know, what's the return on a 2000 square foot space for, say, a coffee shop or, you know, Uh, whatever it may be. You're not selling more coffee generally. uh, Are you following the uh, old school McDonald's model where they were owning all the real estate or they were buying the buildings? Are you getting involved? Are you you doing anything like that? I wish. No, not right now. I think there's a. I think real estate in general right now is fascinating. Um, yes. And I think uh, there may be opportunity to do that, but it really, what we're really focused on right now and how we run this is really more the franchise business model. Uh, okay. The real estate business model franchising, I think is fascinating. You can do sale leasebacks and everything else, but we're not at that stage yet, you know, realistically. Yeah. Okay. And the bulk of your business is, um, you're selling wholesale. When you, when you say wholesale on your website, do you mean to like whole foods and grocery stores or do you mean to the franchisees? No. Well, that's two things. We have a franchise system. We sell stores, this and that, and we make product fresh. I have another company that was doing wholesale it's on hold right now until we grow a little bigger because at one i think we maybe talked about it a long time ago but within our 
we were in 40 states basically with Whole Foods and some other man, and then the manufacturer went out of business on me. So right now it's just a, a holding company basically, or a mm. management company. Uh, and then okay. we'll relaunch that when we have more stores and have an opportunity to really do some cool uh, things with, a, you know, obviously a co-packer that's in business. Okay, so is that on hold because you're a co-packer on supply issues or because you're just focused on the franchise or both? Just, um, well, mostly focused on franchising. The, the second part of that is the co-packer that we had forever ago went out of business yeah. overnight. Um, wow. so, okay. so, you know, that's a whole nother avenue to this business model that I'm super excited about, but I don't need to rush into it. Okay, very good. Yeah, um, agreed. And then um, when you have the direct-to-consumer piece where you're you're ordering online, it's not from a warehouse you own. It's just that you're just pushing them to a store, mm -hmm. and the store and the store delivers it. Is that is that right? Well, it's a little more complex. We use we use a company called Olo for our online ordering okay um, system, and what okay. it does is. You know, certainly it handles, you wouldn't know, it's kind of seamless on, on the consumer standpoint, uh -huh. but they place an order, um, it comes to that individual store, pops up all seamlessly in the point of sale system, and then whether they want it delivered or picked up, um, so if they want it picked up, it's obviously they're coming to the store, it's ready for them whenever, you know, they the timing works out for them, but uh -huh. beyond that, um, if they use an Uber or Grubhub or DoorDash, whatever it may be, you know, they have a driver, they order it through their app, they order it, they pick it up and they deliver it through a different party's app, or they can it, use it the website. The website then um, will figure out who's the cheapest delivery okay. and then through their, you know, all those module and then gets delivered to the consumer through those same entities but no one really knows you know the consumer wouldn't know that it's a uber driver or something else and I'm that way the consumer also if they use our app saves a lot of money because there's it's cheaper generally to do it that way than okay. doing it via these doordash that are making their profits or ubers that are making their profits so that's why we always encourage people to use our app for ordering but an order is an order Certainly, okay. it's actually, we're not unique to what's going on in the business model out there and delivery in general, unless a place is doing their own delivery, mm -hmm. literally like they own their delivery. They're all pretty similar to how we're doing it. Delivery, I'm guessing, is a small is a small piece of the overall revenue. No, it's definitely oh, it's not? not. Oh, oh so wow. Delivery or pickup is a minimum of 30% of our business. How about that? Okay. Interesting. That's yeah, why we did I... a big investment into, you know, a third party app that, you I know, Olo's a see. publicly traded company, you know, it, uh, it's, uh. And, and trying to have it as user friendly for the consumer. We also predict, you know, a lot of growth within that area in okay. terms of, okay. you know, if the economy slows down, continues to slow down, just even being prepared for pickup, pickup, okay. right? Okay. So they uh, don't have to wait online. No one wants to wait online, you know. So just being prepared ahead of time, um, and, and I think you know that will continue to grow. And uh, I think Starbucks did a huge investment in, in for speed in getting pe more people in and out of their stores uh, mm. just recently, or announced recently that they're doing it. 
now but what if i live if you have to live near a store though right you can't if if i don't right yeah okay you know it, the, within a yeah. you know probably depending on where a 10 mile radius or whatever that may be but yeah okay we have a lot we're in 21 states so we really looked at this on a national level which is that's there's great. certainly barriers to entry into those states too um and that's also one of the areas that we felt there was opportunity okay Okay, very good. Thirty percent, interesting. Um, At least thirty percent. Some How stores are sixty percent. Really? Yeah. Wow, it's almost like man. If I had sixty percent, I'd be thinking, do I even need a storefront? Maybe I'll just have like a, a warehouse and I'll just deliver it from here. You know, and they have, have those. <laughs> they're struggling. I think a lot of those, you know, um, ghost kitchen concepts. Yeah. I don't think we're there yet uh, okay. within that business model. On a, on a personal opinion. Um, yeah. we're approached by them. I think down the line, yeah, that may be a good avenue, an interesting avenue to go. Um, but I don't think that market's there yet on a personal level. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that one next time you're on the show and kind of see where it went. Uh, I meant to ask you, uh, and you I think you talked about this before. What's it cost? What's it gen? I know it all depends on the build out and the lease and much mm -hmm. of other side. I know there's lots of factors, but the original a royalty fee, the build out cost, the startup. I mean, to get open with a location, what do you think you'd spend on average? Well, the royalty only starts when you're doing sales and how we're structured also. Say you start off really slow. You're only being paying a royalty based on the income. There's no minimum royalty. Okay? Yeah, but there was a, yeah, but isn't there an upfront? There's an upfront. The upfront fee. Um, okay. The upfront fee is depending on how many stores. So if you do a one store deal, it's 39000 Three store okay. deal it's seventy nine thousand, and a five store deal is ninety nine thousand. I see five stores, okay. and it's really more a franchise agreement. But then you have an area development agreement. The area development agreement on a three store or five store, you have the option of getting a territory. Obviously, the more stores, the bigger territory. Then no one can operate in that territory, so you're protecting that territory right. for a right. period of time. So, right. oh. um, so it really. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there. You're not spending a huge amount of money for, and again, everything's relative for that. Um, in terms of build out, it really, there's a lot of, it depends where you are in the country I right know, now. Right. Um, yeah. Yep. yeah. So it's, it's, you know, we hope it's, you know, build out equipment is probably around 50 to 55 grand all in for equipment. Um, build out, you know, hopefully it's, you know, 100 to 200, depending if I it's a retrofit or whatever else, yeah, give or take. Now, there's, there's a lot of give or take. Sometimes it's a retrofit. It's a frozen yogurt shop that you can convert. And and that bill is going to be a lot less um, mm. or a coffee shop that you can retrofit. And obviously, it's ideal to find those retrofits. A new build. And also, when you sign a lease, it depends on, and not including in this, it depends on what type of TI money they're giving you, tenant mm -hmm. improvement. Totally. Money. Absolutely. So, yep. So you may be able to get, you know, a significant amount of TI money to offset some of the costs. But generally speaking, our build out is pretty simple. We need 200 amps of power, uh, which is pretty standard. Um, okay. And the build out is not like a difficult build out. I purposely try to do a really cool, amazing store with an inexpensive build-out. So Great. we look Great. at materials all the time. We review it to try and make it as cost-effective as possible. And if there's any way to reduce those costs, we do it. Um, for instance, I don't know if you can see, there's a, a railing. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
for a line. You know, that costs a decent amount of money. We did away with it really in their newer stores because we didn't really think it really gained anything. It's nice to keep people in an orderly line, especially our stores, but people kind of get it and no one's cutting the line and no one's, yeah. I, and I thought it was really a waste of uh, cost. Um, okay. So any which way we can make it more efficient, the business model is extremely efficient, low employee count, no food spoilage of any significance. And then, you know, in out small square footage, you know, we don't deviate from that. Okay. What, speaking of all of those things, what do franchisees complain about the most? What's the number one complaint? Uh, can't find anybody to work. Um, food costs. What, what's their number one gripe right now? I mean, cause they, you know, I know all I, you know, you, you probably may not remember this. Uh, there was a clothing brand, a women's clothing line called fresh produce sportswear, and it was based yeah. on Boulder. And I was the COO over there and acting yeah. CEO for a while. And so I dealt with our own corporate stores, our franchise stores, the wholesale we did. It was all the same thing you're doing, except it was clothing. And I just, you know, franchisees are always complaining about something. <laughs> right. I, I would spin it a little bit on what you're asking, because there's different okay. challenges to different things. Okay. I would say the biggest challenge from a franchisor perspective yep. is them, is our partners getting out and reaching their community. So they're oh. either focused on working the store Interesting, but they're not getting out right, huh. or they're shy and they don't like to, or no. because once the, our objective is listen, we got to get in people's mouths, right? So if you're not reaching your community, that's mm. a challenge, right? Mm. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. That's from a franchisor perspective, the biggest challenge that we see. I do think labor. It's been a significant challenge. We see stores, you know, challenged with labor in general. I think that's easing um, than it was earlier in the year. But okay. there's some locations in the country that labor's a challenge. I would say labor is something people complain about in general. They're not complaining about us as the franchisor. They're just complaining about the difficulty sometimes with that. Yeah. Um, and then as a franchisor's perspective, we see that as our greatest challenge is having franchisees not so insulated, re trying to reach the community in, in a number of different ways. And we put a lot of information out there, but sometimes people don't see the forest through the trees. Right. So they're just, all right, I got to run my store. I got to run my store. Susie didn't, you know, uh, show on time. I'm, right. I'm going in there and that reaching the community, which is so crucial sometimes is an afterthought and that's why we we try to address that as best yeah. we can yeah do they have the power to pay their associates or do they call i don't know what they call them associates team members whatever do, do they have the power to pay them whatever they want or you or or no yeah, yeah. Do they? and 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 they can charge whatever they want to for the bulls because legally oh. that's blue sky rules we can't set pricing we can set minimum and max but we can't oh. set pricing because okay uh that would be breaking certain blue sky rules. Mm. And I, I don't think that's different than McDonald's or Burger King. You go to different areas of the country, they're going to charge. That's, I see. Okay. What, uh, what are the stores paying their associates on average right now? Do you know? Like, I know it's different for every city, but what is it it's, like 12? It's different. I, 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 yeah. It, you know, where we gain a lot is tips. So oh. even my store on the Hill, which is a corporate store, last, last, uh, last payroll, we were paying seven to $8 an hour in tips 
How about that? Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I think that really bodes well for the business model too, because A, we're really customer service focused. B, people like the product. They feel good about the product. They feel good about what they're eating. And that translates into positivity and, and that includes tipping. Okay. Um, great. What, when you look, I'm sure you studied, you've studied all the franchises, right? You've, you've mm-hmm. studied them all, you know, when you look at Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. how, how, I mean, they, how do they, they are, I mean, they got their shit together, man. I mean, they are clean. They are friendly. They are fast. The employee, they're always fully staffed. You know, every time I go there and, and, and then before you answer, you know, it's not like their chicken sandwich is that much better, right? You go to a chicken sandwich at Burger King, you eat the one at Chick-fil-A. It's not, it's not like it's a, it's not mind-blowingly different as far as the food goes. But um, I always am just like, wow, okay, well, this is how do they do this? <laughs> well, I you know, I will tell you that's they're the gold standard, right? Customer yes. service is good, the training is good. It's a different type of franchise, though. It's more of uh, buying yourself a job, I would say, than a pure franchise system. So their okay. structure is a little different, um, but their training has to be spectacular, honestly, on yeah. so many different levels. Um, they, I personally think the chicken tastes better uh, okay. than a Maybe lot a of little the bit. chickens. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little, little bit. Chickens out there. <laughs> I mean, they are super friendly. They're the gold standard within service, right? Yes. Um, you can make it seems a little fake at times. Great, but yep. you know, fake it till you make it a little bit, right? Like at least, <laughs> at least you're pleasant, right? So. Um, I, I think it's a very well thought out, very well run franchise system. And, no doubt. uh, yeah. and, and, you know, that's all I can really say. I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, they're, they are the gold standard when it comes to customer service. And I'll I don't think what, that's, that's not an easy thing to replicate. Truly. Uh, no, it's not. Absolutely not. Uh, I'll, I'll use another example of where I'm always, and I'm an old retailer, so I'm an old retail ops guy. So I'm always, every time I go in somewhere, I'm dissecting everything. Uh, have you been to the Shields up in Johnstown, the big giant Shields? It's like the Bass Pro, the big giant. Have you been up there? No, no I have okay. not. Okay. Okay. Same thing though. You know, same thing. I'm just, every time I go in there, I'm like, man, how do they keep all these $12 an hour people so happy. I don't, I don't know how this, how they're doing that. Cause it's very hard to, to replicate, but anyway. And, 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 and some of those places there's, there's no tipping, right? So yeah, in place, no. there's tipping that okay. and it makes a big difference whether you're pleasant or not. Hey, it's just as easy or just as hard to be pleasant. Why not be pleasant? Right. right. So, you know, uh, I think it, that's, you know, training. I know, um, uh, I, or, or vice president of, of training and operations, mm. uh, Eric Gilson, I'll shout out his name, does a great job of, of really focusing on consumer training. Right? That's great. Okay. Very uh, good. And, and really being super pleasant. Hey, people have bad days. You're not a 50 employees. You, you know, you're a lot less than that. So it could be a little, uh, a little more difficult, but really focused on engaging the consumer. There's actually a really, and I tell this story a million times, but there's a really interesting study that was done and I forgot by who, but when you serve, if there's a line and a lot of times our stores will have lines, yeah. um, 
if you engage that consumer and re-engage that consumer, their clock resets. So if they're waiting online and you say, hey, it's taking a little longer today, please be patient. You know, what's your favorite bowl? It resets their clock. Interesting. So they're not at the same, you know, impatient level um, by just purely engaging them. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully- that's a challenge. That, that's always a challenge when you have one or two people working the sales floor, because if you get a rush, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't call anybody out from the back. Right. So you're, right. you're either, you're either with, with two people in a store like yours, you're either overstaffed or understaffed. <laughs> right. And, in and, and quite frankly, it's, it's two people are busy, really busy, yeah. but it's all, Hey, you know, again, our, a lot of our consumers are very much repeat consumers. So, mm. Hey, you know, whatever your name, John, it's, yeah. it, we're, the usual we'll get right on it and that's also the benefit of ordering ahead of time via you know the website the app you know obviously a qr code we're set up for any of that to just get people in and out more quickly do you have i'm sure you got some cowboys out there uh you walk into a store and all of a sudden they have like purple chairs or something and you're like okay what the hell are you doing what what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how do you handle those calls? Is that you or do you, have, you got somebody that takes care of those phone calls? <laughs> um, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. <laughs> but, uh, usually um, and it gets to a, a first level, it builds. And then eventually if I need to handle it, I will. And if legal needs to handle it, they will. So yeah. we try and uh, work it out first and then go from there. But yeah, the business model, though, I would tell you, is very much so focused that um, that you really don't see as much as that. We try not okay. to deviate then from the core, the core and more and more businesses are going to cores. Also, if you notice that. So people are doing reduced menus, not increased menus. And that's a lot of a lot of reasons for that. Supply blinds being one of them, but mm. being very focused on on your business model and what your strength is. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a mistake and we've tested too. It's not like we, Hey, does this work? Does this work? Um, and we're constantly kind of innovating. Um, we're probably going to do a menu refresh, um, you know, for the first of the 2023 with a slight modification or slight changes to some of the things we're seeing. But in general, um, you don't, you you really discourage people really going off the, the boat it's not your core product and you're as good as your worst product right yeah yeah. so all of a sudden someone serves a crappy whatever it is yeah then you're judged by that so i'm not one and i think the success of our business model which goes different there can be successful businesses models like tropical smoothie and some of the others that do they're a deli you know um even like a vitality bowls is more of a deli uh does a lot of different things Mm-hmm. What we focus really on doing is the best bowls and the best smoothies. And yeah. a lot of that actually now you're seeing more and more. We do a base and our base in our bowls and smoothies is actually fruit and some sort of milk, right? Uh, or juice, but everything's hundred. So oat milk or this, we're nothing scoopable. So a lot of companies cheat now in my mind, but they would not say that is they scoop uh, a sorbet of some kind. Ah. Uh, uh, into uh, it because it's a lot saves a lot of times but you don't know what's in that scoopable thing and i'll tell you one thing it's a lot of sugar which we don't add um yeah. and it's not mod you can't modify it so with allergies that we focus on providing healthy nutrition 
um, no matter what your dietary need is, anything can be modified. More the habit your way style of, of say the Burger King to a preset formula and you don't have a choice and there's, you can't modify it. Yeah, And that's a big area that companies are doing these scoopables and they're making the franchisee buy this scoopable, I'll mm. call it junk, sorbet, junk. whatever, um, <laughs> which really changes what the quality of the product is in my mind. And and certainly that's not something we'll ever do and, 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 and that I'm aware of or something that uh, I think it denigrates the product so much and the taste is a lot different. Mm-hmm. You know, you take, you bite a nice peach, it's delicious, you know, fresh, especially now it's peach season. Um, but if you buy a peach sorbet, God knows what guar gums or whatever yeah. is in it, it's going to taste different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, you know, you do a very good job. It sounds like to me of keeping everybody focused, keeping the, the, the train. Hey, we're going this way. This is what we're focused on. I know there's 50 ideas and we got to do this. We can focus on wholesale. We can do this, 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 this. Let's just do these things right here very well and stay focused. I think that's, I think that's important. I will tell you, I remember, uh, you know, the apparel company I mentioned, it was very, it was very challenging to keep the corporate team from getting scattered. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to have a wholesale meeting and now we're talking about the corporate stores and now we're talking about the franchise stores. And now we're talking about this and this and this, you know, and everything's got a little bit of a different element. And uh, I think that that was hard. That, that was difficult. And so um, it sounds to me like you're very aware of that and you're. <laughs> it, it, it is really hard. Um, I think some of it is a lot of the employees on corporate came from running stores also. Okay. Um, so I would say that's a strength to a certain level. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much it. I don't want to follow every shiny noobs yes. out there, right? Be and careful. a lot of the franchisees, some of the challenge of our partners is they see, oh, this one's doing, you know, Chinese food in this store with the bowls, right? Or whatever it may be. I'm just making up stuff yeah. um, that are very different. And it doesn't really fit the business model, but everyone's chasing that shiny, shiny new toy and keeping everyone focused. Hey, you want to sell, you want to do a lot of business, focus on your core. That's why you're, that's why we're here. This core works. Don't get distracted. And that's something we're always restating. And it's very hard for people. Um, A lot of people are challenged by that. Uh, The most successful franchises that we have in our system stay true to hundred percent the core. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. What is that old Vince Lombardi thing? He had that. He had that running play. I can't remember the Vince Lombardi package. Yeah, I know what you're like, talking we're gonna, about. We're gonna whatever it was, forty-two dive or whatever. I can't <laughs> remember. He's like, we're gonna run this play right here to the best of our ability, and we're gonna we're just gonna hammer this. You know, yeah, yeah. blocking and tackling. Right. Um. Um. How many um applications do, do you turn down? A lot of people. Do you have a lot of people yeah. saying, "I want to"? Do you? Yeah. Do you what? Yeah. What? What's? How do you? How many are you? How many are you approving? How many are you getting? Because like we'll go back to the Chick Fil A. I hear that they get tens of thousands of applications. They only pick. How are you? Uh, what does that look like for you? Um, we turn out a lot. Um, do you? Do you? Yeah, because you ultimately you gotta pick good partners, and sometimes it's hard. You know, sometimes you make mistakes. They make mistakes. Um, it's hard to ascertain through an interview process a lot of times. Hey, no different than what you're doing. Every day, right? Like, right. You, totally. you think it's a fit, 
they interview well they interview yeah. you well and yes oops, yes it's not but <laughs> mostly um we've had a lot of good luck with it we really look for people that have a good strong business background they don't need a food background but they understand okay. business they understand okay. what it takes to build a business if they have franchise experience that's a plus for the most times they understand you know you're building a business what a franchise system does and what it doesn't do and and go from there but if we talk to someone they don't seem they're going to be cooperative or or they have yes. their own agenda or they're not going to really listen to the system that we know to be successful what that looks like then there's red flags there and uh and certainly um it's probably not a good fit for for us and we're pretty stringent about that. Um, we try to, cause it works out better for both parties that way. Um, yep. and, yep. and, you know, we turn out a lot of people that we don't think will be the right fit. Um, but that being said, we get, especially now we're getting really good quality, uh, leads, um, that, you know, franchisees and this month alone, I think four different groups are, signing up from multiple stores and we really like the groups uh, we're working with. So oh, it's a really awesome. exciting time for us. You know, yeah, you're, you're picking, obviously anybody buying a franchise and opening a store is a type a person, usually what I would call type a super driven, super like, I want to be in charge. I'm captain. I'm this, I'm that. Uh, selecting a type a that will also play inside the lines yeah is that's difficult. That's its challenges yeah <laughs> uh uh very good let me ask you this i know we're getting close to wrap up here um what's the goal andrew do do you and your wife and you own 100 percent? by the way the fact that the whole every time i see you on linkedin and you're opening another store i'm like i wonder if he raised some cash did he raise i haven't seen anything did he raise cash did he take on some investors i always wonder about that the fact that you still own 100%, I mean, kudos, man. Congratulations. I, wow. I, I, I can't even believe it, quite honestly. I thought for sure you had raised cash. And the fact that you got it this large already and you still own 100% of the cap table, I mean, holy cow. That is that is a major accomplishment. Uh, and and I my, think, uh, yeah. you know, certainly with growth, that's going to have to change at some point, right? So, okay. you, you yeah. know, you want to bring some experts in the field that have done it from – a hundred to a thousand or whatever it may be. Um, and that, you know, down the line, I certainly would want to have other people that have an expertise that maybe I don't have um, and sit on a board type of role. More are they knocking? Are, I'm sure you're getting calls. I'm sure, I'm sure people yeah. have called you. Yeah. For sure. We get a lot of calls, yeah. but um, I want to make sure it's as perfect of a fit for our partners and for me. Um, that makes sense. So I could, you know, do this I always for tell another five, 10 years, 15 years, or I could, you know, figure something out later sooner, but I'm not in a rush. The company's in a really strong position. You know, it's kind of like Howard Schultz, you know, they always pull him back. In. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, obviously uh, I'm not that, but, um, you know, certainly I think we're near the juncture that I need to speak to strategic partners, not just for really not for cash as much as for expertise. Cash is always king, but there's okay. an expertise okay. of growing a business. 
from you know 100 to 1000 and what does that look like mm, but you um, but you're not to, currently you're not currently on a roadshow meeting with investors trying to raise no, this no everything comes into me we're not yeah. everyone calls and contacts me we we we're we're not yeah i'm not i don't think i'll ever need to do that maybe because yeah, so great. many people are called you know would love this is a great business model i think it's incredible for our franchisees or partners and I think it's a smart business model in, in any environment, especially one if we're going to a slowdown recession. It's an annuity business. Yeah, that's so, great. That's great. As long as we do a great job supporting our, our partners, then we're in good shape. You know, it's funny. We get we're, we're just now uh, starting to get a few of those calls too. Riderflex uh, is getting enough attention where we've gotten a few calls and and they're like, well, you know. Are you for sale or do you want to sell? I'm like, hey man, look, here's the deal. I'm I'm not I don't have a deck prepared. I'm not raising cash. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, do you want to have a conversation? Sure. Am I for sale? Okay, well, if you're gonna write me a gigantic check, I guess the answer is yes. Right. <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I don't have anything prepared. <laughs> yeah, and I feel the same way as long, but on the trick, I also have partners, right? So you know, I got to make sure that they're set up for success. The last thing I ever want would want is a partner that is not going to really ensure their success. So, and I know you're the same way, you know, yeah, so, yep. Yep. so, yep. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's it. But yeah, people are calling yep. all the time. So um, but, but, we're at an I, interesting size too, you know, so. It, you are, you, you are, I agree. Yeah, you are. I mean, Hey man, you're cash flow positive. You don't have any debt. Uh, you you um i mean yeah you're attractive for a lot of investors right now which is a great position to be in <laughs> right uh um would i like to take a six months vacation yes i, I would. just so, <laughs> I, so, okay, so that's exactly where i was going yeah that's the last thing i want to talk about i remember <laughs> you telling me you know one of the reasons you left new york and you got out of that trader stuff because mm-hmm. you were working 80 hours a week, killing yourself, no life, no work-life balance. I remember you telling you, hey, I'm going to move to Boulder. I'm going to get a work-life balance. Well, here you are. You're, you're, you're humping it. You're, what is this? I mean, you're very successful with the brand. And congratulations on what you've built. My question Thank is, you. are you getting the work-life balance that you want right now? Well, everything is relative, right? So, um you know, certainly I would like a little bit more of a work-life balance. Um, <laughs> people don't really, you know, the, there's a lot of work that goes into building a franchise system like this. Incredible for the whole team, not just me, actually, especially for the team. Um, so I always want everyone to have that balance. But we're also in many ways a startup. So you gotta you got to put in what you get out, right? I always say that, like, you want to be super successful in life? You got to, it takes a lot. <laughs> Most people aren't just born into or super lucky. I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I was pretty lucky in certain ways, but, um, but I wasn't born into it. Um, but, you know, I, I think that there's plenty of time to, to relax, hopefully. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm always trying to get that balance. It's just coming a little later than I wanted. Your wife's going to listen to this portion. She's going to listen to this portion of the interview. She's going to be like, yeah, Andrew, I want you to more time at home, more time with the kids. Because I know you have two kids and they're, what are they, like five, seven, six? No, five? old. They're old. Oh, so oh they're, hold on. I'm empty nester. So I have a, oh, you're an a empty junior nester. at okay. Okay. Michigan, a uh, senior at Michigan, 
and my son graduated uh, and lives in Phoenix. So, oh, uh, are you the are you the one of them gonna come help run the business? No, no, like it's not a. I mean, maybe at some time, it you know who knows, but it was not an heirloom. I didn't build it for it to be some sort of heirloom to the. I want everyone to follow their own passions, their own dreams. So. Um, you know what you know see you're a better man than me i i gave both of my sons a hard time because they didn't want to come help me run rider flex i'm like don't you want to come help run the, the family business and they're like dad uh really like working for you on a daily basis no <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm sure my kids would be say the same exact thing um but i, I always believe everyone goes down their own path and and That's certainly true. uh I'll encourage that. I know my daughter wants to become a lawyer, so oh, she does. Okay, yeah. So I, I definitely probably need a well, your lawyer. Dad, at some your dad, point. your dad was an attorney, wasn't he? He was a a judge. Judge, also. judge. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So she loves she that aspect, and that's something I could never be. So you know, <laughs> good uh, for them. That's <laughs> it's a great path that she, I couldn't she, do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, good for her. Good for her. Okay, very good, my friend. Well, listen, hey, uh, you know, I just want everybody to know. By the way, for the listeners. Um, if you're interested, um, you know, Andrew will, 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 uh, he'll, he'll talk to you. He does. You gotta, you gotta get approved, but it is rushbowls.com. And I think you can go to rushbowls.com and, and there's a big giant button that says become a franchisee. So you can fill it out there. That's how they. Get yeah. And then we'll reach out within 24 hours or sooner. You know, as soon as we get it, we'll reach out and, uh, and, um, you know, we love to have more partners. So, okay. And, uh, Always you know, a pleasure you, to be on here, Steve. So it's a, uh, man, you're you're. Hey, look, I watch your stuff, and you know, I, I'm I'm very happy for you, and you do a really good job of promoting the business, and it takes a lot of hustle. Those are the two things I wanted to say at the end here is, and you mentioned it. Like, listen, if you're if you're listening to this episode, building a brand is hard, very yeah. hard. It is a <laughs> lot of work. You know, I mean, it is none of these brands like Rush Bowl get built just, you know, casually like this. You have to hustle your ass off. And I mean, it is a grind. I always tell people uh, that I interview. I'm like, look, being an employee is easy. <laughs> try, try, try running a business. <laughs> try being a business owner. It is freaking hard. But uh, so congrats, my friend. Rushbowls.com. Andrew, thank you very much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, and always great talking to you. So thanks again for having me.